Hi, and welcome to our fourth episode of the Masters of Growth show, uh, providing you strategic advice for conversion optimization, powered by Redion. Uh, I'm super glad that Andre is back from vacation and joins us again for the, for the podcast. Hi, Andre. Hello. And in pure remote style, we, we decided to mix up the locations even further. So I'm not in the <laughs> office today. I'm at home. And Andre, you're in Berlin um, as of now. Uh, so in the time of this recording is published, you're probably somewhere else again. Uh, yes. Mr. Jet said. So, and one of the topics today um, is that we want to call, uh, want to talk about optimization teams and optimization team structures. And one of the triggers uh, for this conversation has been the recent writing of Andre's new book. Maybe you could give us a slight sneak preview of what this book will be about, and then we hop into our actual topic for today. Yeah. So actually, it's about uh, implementing uh, an optimization program inside the corporation. There, there are a lot of barriers that that people are facing and that have to be solved. Some, um, the most important ones are cultural and um, organizational. Uh, also, skills are missing, bottlenecks are there. Bosses have to be convinced. So, um, the new book will all about this. Uh, uh, will be about this stuff, not so much about technical advice. Um, yeah. Because I, I see most optimizers struggling with these uh, topics, not, yeah. not so much with the black color. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think it's like somewhat due for some sometime in the summer, if I call it correctly, for release, right? Late summer, September. Late summer. So late, uh, late I mean, September, yes. Yeah, we will probably pick it up uh, one one more time at least in the podcast, and maybe we even do a giveaway of a book. Who knows? Maybe Ooh. this will happen. Um, so this was uh, when we uh, we recently started a discussion about a chapter, a particular chapter you wrote about the team constellations in traditional organizations compared to product organizations. How they, uh, what kind of skills and people do you need in there? How should they collaborate? And this triggered a conversation, and we decided to just uh, put it online. So maybe to give our yeah. listeners a brief introduction, like when we talk about traditional organizations and product organizations, what do we mean by that? What are key characteristics of those two organizational types? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, for me, what I call traditional organization is the classical siloed uh, architecture of uh, marketing and uh, buying and IT and support and Uh, customer service and and somewhere there's an e-commerce team and and they call the online shop uh, it's 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 like one version of of a real store so it has an own team but so uh, nobody talks to each other uh, so there's a big battle about resources and nothing's moving forward and actually you can't optimize in a team or in, in an organizational structure like this uh, because you don't have all the people you need uh, on one table right and and Optimization is a lot about agility, uh, producing agile optimization sprints. So actually, you can't do it. Uh, you, you could uh, build a virtual team, for example, a virtual optimization team that is cross-functional um, uh, with members from all that uh, silos. Well, that's a big, big hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so the other way is having a product organization. Uh, and I know you, you're, you're a big product guy, but I'm very skeptical. I say uh, cynical. I say product teams is the same, just the other way around. So you then again have silos, but just the product teams are uh, like horizontal silos. They're cross-functional. They're much more agile, yeah. but still there's one product team uh, that is um, working on the checkout and one product team for registration and one product team for listings page. So if you want to make... Uh, Optimization, sometimes you, you have to uh, make contrast, so you have to work with all these teams. 
but actually there will be an agile coach telling all these teams not to create friction between each other. So no, that's evil. Yeah, I mean, this is super, <laughs> this interesting, is super interesting discussion. I recently heard uh, Marty Kagan, who is one of the big product gurus of our time. Um, and he said, uh, there's I one question. You're the product yeah. guru of our time. Like he's, like, he's, he's getting old now, so he's about to retire and I'm going to step into his uh, footprints. <laughs> And so he recently said at a meetup that he gets a lot of questions and the most common question is how to cut product team, what's the right way to slice product teams mm -hmm. across the whole product? And he's just said like, there's no right answer for that. He, did, he hasn't found the right answer. So I also know a, lot, uh, know a lot of constellations. People are saying like, do it along the customer journey, like registration, onboarding, start page, engagement, conversion, checkout, whatever or uh, just do it via a uh, business organization. So a lot of different perspectives how to do that. Um, but I think the bigger problem then is that products today are becoming more modular and people uh, teams become more autonomous to work on these products. But nevertheless, bigger complex products still have some uh, dependencies to one each other. And so you have a lot of like uh, yes. alignment going on to avoid, especially in the organization context, avoiding counter effects of for example, A-B yes. test being ran in one part of the product, right? And additionally, I have uh, the feeling that the usual um, frequency of optimization, which means you have to hypothesis, do the concept work, do the development, the QA, run the test. You, you know if you're a good optimizer, you need a representative sample size. So it, even if you have a lot of traffic, you know that your test at least should run like two weeks. So yeah. Um, this frequency does not actually fit to the usual release frequency of most product organizations. So for most agile product owners to, to do A-B testing is something like, oh, it takes like four, four weeks until I have results. No, I hate that. So yeah. this is why no matter if it's a traditional organization or a product organization, there will be some kind of optimization team or conversion manager or management will point out somebody maybe in the ux team maybe in the marketing team maybe somewhere else and and say you're now responsible for doing a b tests so and and we want you to do a lot of a b tests and now this this guy or girl will be in a real struggle yeah. um, because actually nobody is there and said, oh, A-B tests, we waited for A-B tests since ages. Please, can we do even more A-B tests? We had nothing to do before. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, both organization structures have advantages and disadvantages, traditional, even more disadvantages. But product organization is, is not the holy grail no. that leads automatically into agile optimization. Yeah. I recently just heard, even heard another example of, um, of an optimization growth team structure compared to the other product teams, and which was from, from Drift, which is a conversational a business chat tool. And they said they have their usual product teams in, uh, located mm -hmm. in Boston on the East Coast. And they have a dedicated growth team on the, on the West Coast in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And the head of growth recently entitled them like they are like the SWAT team, right? So once the product mm -hmm. team encounters a certain problem regarding churn or growth or conversion rate or conversion, yeah. they like partner with them for a particular project. And then this, this uh, SWAT team comes in and mm -hmm. does their, their growth magic for a quarter or something. But, but, but the problem then is ownership, isn't it? Because they're competing. So they won't like each other because the, the guy that produces the uplift is, is somebody that 
will say, yeah, wow, I made a couple of million. So everyone said, yeah, but that was my idea or that's my product or whatever. So competition and, and people automatically yeah. compete also a big problem. That's why I say if you're the conversion manager guy, don't try to own the results, right? Give it to the people that had the idea. That's very so, important. Which means you would have to, you would have to add uh, being humble to the skills list of successful optimizers yes. and companies. Yes, it's definitely in the book and in the list, on the list. <laughs> be very humble, yeah. yeah. Conversion teams should be like enablers or they should empower other teams to do more tests. Um, it's always... Uh, for me, I, I think it's critical if they try to own uh, the experiment and the results. Yeah. Maybe it would be interesting to get your take on one thing, which I just wondered when you said like the usual minimal test duration, for example, kind of interferes with the usual release cycles of standard yeah. product teams, like assuming you do a two-week sprint deployment cycle. What about companies like Netflix or Amazon or Booking, which are releasing like, I think there are some numbers out there, 100 times per day and they take off results immediately like after one day maybe even because the traffic's so high what do you think of that is that a sufficient approach to this problem yeah and i think it's because uh, booking uh, or amazon they reached like the final stage of uh, optimization maturity they in they really managed to really implement optimization and a b testing into the product teams maybe they they forced the product guys to, to do it or they have goals on experimentation so yeah. they have to show that at least they made 30 experiments a quarter or whatever i don't know but i think that's a big advantage and and um yes uh, if it's an incremental part of the of the product teams you're able to to deliver a real um, speed of execution. I think there will be always a lot of friction. Actually, you have to start with a dedicated optimization team. At the beginning, it will be maybe just one one person and, and then you, you create a virtual team, then maybe a real team, but then you realize you have to implement it into the team. So you will always have some frictions and, and barriers to overcome yeah. and everybody should be aware about that journey and, and where it leads to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a good analogy to draw here is that um, compared to mobile, so in the past years it was when mobile became a thing that companies usually had a mobile team, a dedicated mobile team which took care of the apps or something and then mobile started to spread as a responsibility, as a necessary skill to all the other teams in the company yes. and this one particular team was only taking care of the release cycle or whatever. Yes. Um, and not specifically building any more features, but this uh, responsibility was given to the single side section teams or whatever you want to call them. Yes, yes. Yeah. So what do you think is traditional companies holding back from switching to a, even the product, product company organization is not the holy grail as we agreed on, but what's holding traditional companies back to take at least this first step towards a more mature um, organizational structure from an optimization perspective? I mean, first, what holds them back? I think it, for most companies, it's a, it's a big, massive reorg project. So, of course, they are uh, scared about the cost, about the risk. So, I see a lot of traditional companies doing this way of organization, like since 20, 30 years. Yeah. So, of course, it's a massive change for them. Some realize that they can start little and then... <laughs> change change the organization step by step 
Um, but but for, for most uh, companies, it's a really, really big thing. I see companies starting, and I think that's why that's a good thing about optimization. <laughs> um, I see some companies learning what agile and um, cross-functional teams really um, can do when they start their first optimization team. So having an optimization team inside a traditional organization is kind of the prototype of a product team, right? Yeah. Um, and the advantage is that this team will data-driven produce results, positive results, uplift, growth, revenue. That's like the hardest currency in, yeah. in a company. So this gets an automatical buy-in, maybe even easier than if you say, give me 3 million euros and I do a reorg of the whole company. Maybe 30% yeah. of the good people will leave, but yeah. anyway, they, they have to leave. So. Yeah. Um, I think it's a better way uh, to start the buy-in uh, with some positive feedback. And actually, results from A-B testing can be a very important positive feedback if you do it the right way. Yeah, I see. Um, thinking thinking of, about the first optimization or growth team a company should set up independent of their whether they're a traditional or a product organization yet. What are, from your perspectives, what would be the perfect team setup? What kind of skills, what kind of mindset people would you add to a... Um, optimization team to set it up for high success? So first of all, of course, you need somebody, we call it conversion manager, so somebody who actually leads the whole program and sets up the process and is responsible for, for the process actually to run. Um, sometimes it's only a conversion manager, so he, has, he or she has to acquire resources from other teams to work properly. And, and I, um, I say that uh, this conversion manager job is, is, a, is a leadership job. So it's not a, um, a, a, like a, a conversion, conversion skills are good. So um, knowing something about A-B testing, statistics, data, technology helps. But most important is be, be a good leader because you have to manage all your stakeholders. You have to make decisions that... Some people don't like. You have to push people out of their comfort zone, being more agile, daring to risk something they didn't try before, and uh, things like that. So this is why the core conversion manager is like the center of all that uh, optimization effort. So, so I, I would really try to find somebody good in leadership skills there. And of course, then you need somebody who's able to analyze your website, find find points for improvement so somebody who's good at uh, user research or um, website evaluation UX consumer psychology so these are the, the typical skills you need for qualitative analysis yeah. and then of course you need somebody who's good in data doing a B tests analyzing the test statistics looking at your web analytics tool and it's also good to separate the Uh, qualitative and the quantitative people. They work yeah. close together on optimization, but um, the person that made the concept shouldn't be the same person that will analyze the test result. Otherwise, yeah. you, you end up with, with confirmation bias problems, yeah. right? So, exactly. and then you need, of course, you need somebody who builds A-B tests, some development, developers. Some, some development, ah, <laughs> developers, developers, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, big bottleneck developers, but yeah, actually somebody has to set up the A-B test, but I, sure. for me, this is like the minimal viable optimization team, um, data uh, and analytics, 
qualitative analysis, user research, UX um, development, and, and this led by one uh, optimization manager or conversion manager. Yeah. Um, you just touched on the, the necessary soft skills for the conversion manager, like having a strong leadership approach mm -hmm. and also being able to know how to lead other, others without formal authority. So like mm -hmm. a lateral leadership relationship. Mm -hmm. um, what, what on the, on the hard skills side, what would you ask for the um, conversion manager to bring in? Like certain experience regarding A-B testing optimization mm -hmm. at a certain level or what would you look for? About lateral leadership, I recommend reading a book. Uh, there was something, I don't know. It's not know. out yet. Not out yet. I'll do it. <laughs> so, um, hard skills of conversion managers. I think, um, yeah, to know, to know about quantitative uh, market research and know things about statistics and business. So, actually, the, the job of the conversion manager optimization manager is to use the results from an experiment and yeah actually sell them inside the company yeah. um with the economic impact they have so if this this person does not understand the the effects and the intersection between uh, customer experience and uh, economical effect so what happens with my habit of my company if i have a A-B test that runs for two weeks and has a 10% uplift in revenue per visitor. What does it mean? So stupid optimizers tell, oh, you have 10% more revenue, right? And actually management will wait for the effect, say it doesn't come, don't believe anything yeah. anymore. And so their impact of optimization on, on economic um, or business impact is, is zero. And that's also wrong. It's not 10, it's not zero, it's somewhere in between. And this is a hard skill that every conversion manager needs. Yeah. Understand the effects in the, at the intersection between customer experience and, let's say, EBIT. Yeah, because just to make it clear um, that this role is not just a normal project manager. It's really someone who needs to relate to the, to the yeah. art of conversion optimization, who knows yeah. that also one thing or two about best practices. Because he or she should also be able to challenge the domain experts on their team, like the qualitative researcher, the quantitative researcher, also the developers of the UX side and not just bluntly accept the results they, they yes. bring them. And what I see a lot is when you don't get that knowledge right about customer experience and, and uh, economical or business impact, uh, an often made mistake is to, to produce a lot of small A-B tests. What's the problem? They focus on agility and speed. Uh, and do small things. Small things don't push the needle forward, so they won't be able to showcase the economical effect, which is not good for the buy-in of the uh, program. So that's why um, at Conversionskraft we have a different approach. We think for, for the start of a program, you need to uh, deliver good results to get the buy-in. So you need to produce um, bold changes with with strong hypothesis which actually is a lot of work and needs a lot of experience yeah. what you don't have at the beginning right so this is one problem that you need to solve as a conversion manager yeah yes interesting so to sum it up perfect team setup would be conversion manager with strong leadership skills also and needs to work at the intersection of 
qualitative, quantitative research and also from a business perspective in order to calculate the actual ROI of the efforts to justify the team and the work they're doing. You need someone covering the, the quantitative data sites or a data analyst or BI analyst, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you need someone from the qualitative uh, user research side who's also able to come up with some uh, good, uh, what did you say, um, UX concepts with a high contrast, behavioral contrast. Uh, bold changes. Bold, right. You maybe need to add probably only temporary someone who really do to do the final visual design of, if you'd want to do a big change. I mean, you'd probably someone to mm -hmm. push the pixels around a bit better. And then, of course, you need some, some engineering power to, to get those things um, into the product and out there uh, and wait for the results after at least two weeks. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it needs some, um, how do you say, you need an uh, endurance. Is that the right word? So sometimes it takes some time. I think until the, you the, really modern, the fancy word is grit, people say. You grit. Grit yes. and Okay. Hustle. Hustle, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, so, sometimes um, people expect big uplifts in the first one, two, three experiments. And, and yeah, a lot of times it doesn't happen. But management people, they have different um, mindsets, I realize. They realized uh, you need big changes that lead to big results. So and optimization is a job of incremental optimization. And uh, sometimes the mind of a... Um, of your your boss can't imagine that a lot of these small changes will lead to actually big results. Yeah. So th that's why I talk about the art of selling your results towards the C-level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe one, question, one last question in the realm of optimization teams for people who are listening to us and now wondering how they can set up the optimization teams. Based on your experience, should people look inside their, comp their companies for existing people to get them on board or get buy-in from them like hey do you want to get into conversion optimization or should they look for outside hires right away i think it depends on the talents you have in your companies so the a big advantage of somebody that that you hire from the inside is that uh these people already know the company but this could also be a big disadvantage so you know yeah. that there's sometimes this little fight it's between departments so you need somebody who's really connecting people together so if you can find this person inside your organization perfect yeah maybe it's a mix maybe it's someone um for, maybe for the conversion manager position someone who is who knows the company who knows the political game who knows who to get on board mm -hmm. and maybe you need on the execution side people from the outside which are way more open-minded yeah. try to still trying things which have been considered yeah. a failure exactly. otherwise yeah because actually you leave, the, the goal of optimization is to leave your comfort, comfort zone, right? Yeah. So <laughs> you challenge what works and what not every time. So this is outside your comfort zone. If you have somebody inside your organization that knows how to leave the comfort zone, brilliant. Yeah. Usually I don't expect yeah, that. They don't, especially <laughs> when they're in the company for like five plus years or something. Yes. Great. So that's it for this episode. Lots of wisdom and uh, exchange of thoughts around optimization teams. I hope our listeners get a lot of value out of that. If you have any questions regarding how to set up optimization team, just reach out to us and we will uh, definitely connect you with the right people.
And uh, if you have any questions around conversion optimization you would like us to uh, discuss in the next episode, uh, send them to us uh, at Twitter or uh, use the intercom chat on region.com or simply leave a five-star review for the podcast and add your question in there and we will discuss it in one of the next episodes. So with that, thanks for listening and talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.